Today we're talking about Death, Axel's Keyblade, and Kingdom Hearts 2.8's release on this exciting episode of Kingdom Hearts Union! Hi everyone, and welcome to the 92nd episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hi guys! And Sabrina! Hello! How's it going? Going well, good. how are you guys? Good, I just had good. my birthday. Yay. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! How old are You're you? You're older. By a year. Only a year. Only a year. She's yeah. one year old. One year Another old. year older, another year wiser. Hopefully. But I still go to school to get an education. But wow. I treat each and every day like a mini vacation, all grown up. Remember that show? <laughs> yes, I do remember that show. <laughs> when, they, just, like, when they butchered, when they butchered Rugrats. <laughs> oh, boy. I still enjoyed I was watching, it. I've been watching Rugrats recently. Some good stuff. I like it. <laughs> it's very weird, though. My goodness. Rugrats is a very bizarre show. And I did not realize how much weird stuff was in it. But it is very good. Anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, we release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union. And we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com slash KHUnionVids, and Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. Alrighty, so we have a two segment show today. Very interesting show today, actually. Uh, our first segment. We have our community discussion segment with uh, Arcadia, also known as Tiger Crane, who is one of our uh, Patreon supporters. Yay! Yay! And the topic is death in Kingdom Hearts. And the official Ooh. title is the official title is Let's Talk About Death. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> that's that's that was a good idea. Let's talk about death. All right, so that's going to be with Tiger Crane. That's going to be our, our Arcadia rather. And so that's our first segment. Our second segment, we have our question segment. In the way of announcements, as always, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. Just pledge a dollar and get access to a special podcast called Please Be Excited. Also, if you guys want to be featured on a show like uh, Arcadia slash Tiger Crane was, all you got to do is support us for $10 per episode on Patreon, and you just got to stick it through for at least a month, and you can be on the show, and you can talk about whatever you want to talk about, or you could do it for Final Fantasy Union. If you want to be on Final Fantasy Union, they just had another uh, Patreon uh, supporter uh, on their show. So, hey, if you want to be on the show, come on in. Come on in, guys. Speaking of Patreon and our executive producers, our Patreon executive producers for this episode are, we got Christian Burge. William Trengrove, who is at Varnish the Azure. We have Tiger Crane, who is at Paupu Milkshake. Erwin Velez. Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero. We have Skylar Lovelace. And Churro, if you want to take these next ones. We got Michael Graham. Zach Duranto, who is at ZDuranto58. Chris Ballant, who is at, at Moosehead Studio. Holly Crawley. At DarkZT Okami. Peter Lamb, Thorin Bolin, and Sabrina, if you want to take these last ones. Sure. So Alex Trotman, uh, it's at Akira Namejin, Manning Franks, like underscore Peyton, Keith Field, 
at the Mighty Keith, Billy Jackson, underscore Billy Jackson, Mike Shirley Donnelly, Curious Quail, Joni Oja, Decor for Life, the uh, I can't Diacor Dia 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 for go. Life, uh, and Mohammed uh, Quam. All right. So, uh, also. Be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. If you guys want us to talk about weird things like death, or if you want us to talk about something else like it's life. <laughs> like love. life. Life in Kingdom Hearts. Love in Kingdom Hearts. So if you guys have any interesting topics that you guys want us to talk about that we haven't talked about yet, please send us what you guys want us to talk about in the form of a question to khuquestions at gmail.com. And also, our Kingdom Hearts Union Deep Dive stream! Yay! Yay! Our Kingdom Hearts Union Deep Dive stream goes live every other Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. At, right now, it's Eastern Daylight Time, by the way. <laughs> we had a time change recently. Lost an hour of sleep. So sad. But anyway, so our uh, live stream goes live every Saturday, every other Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, our next uh, live stream is going to be March 26th, which is the same week as the podcast is releasing. So if you're listening to it as we come out, it's going to be this Saturday, March 26th. Be there or be Square Enix, Twitch TV slash KHUnion. We're currently playing Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Uh, we just wrapped up Agrabah and Monstro. So the oh, next, nice. next stream we're going to go do is Atlantica. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Atlantica and Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, uh, yeah! Halloween I would town. play it for you if you don't want to. It's cool. I'm I'm pretty good at Atlantica, but Just I might have Brandon, to do. Girls are watching. I know. I might have girls. to do like. Uh, I was thinking maybe we could do Nightmare Before Christmas first. I personally feel Nightmare Before Christmas is easier. Don't I love Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Doesn't like, the matter. enemies are harder, but, like, Ursula. <laughs> You're like, come on, Ursula. Up to it you. helps. It helps. What level we'll are we right now? I forgot. Well, thir- 32. It's bad. Beefy Sora's not beefy anymore. He's no longer beefy. No, He's just normal he, like, Sora. He leveled out. <laughs> yeah, the problem is... we. Okay, so let me put this into perspective. When we left Destiny Islands, we were level 29. We are now level 32. Oh, yeah. Basically, here's the problem. If you level up a lot at the beginning, the Heartless that you fight in all the worlds going through the game are not strong enough to make you level at all. So eventually it catch- catches up with you unless you like level really, really far, like to like level 85 or something, and then you just never have any problems ever. Wow. But I didn't go that far. Just just to level 29. You're not, so you're not that it was pretty tough. done 85. How dare you? <laughs> I didn't have the time. <laughs> But anyway, so if you guys want to check that out, please join us too uh, on Saturday, March 26, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, Twitch TV slash KHUnion for the Kingdom Hearts Union Deep Dive stream. All right, now we're going to move on to our first segment, which is our feature discussion with Arcadia. Hello, hey. Arcadia. Hello. Also known, also known as Tiger Crane. You may know her from uh, many shows prior. Uh, she is one of our executive producers. Hello, Tiger. How's this going? How how are you feeling today? I'm doing good. Good. Fantastic. Fantastic. So we have a very special segment uh, today. Uh, as as you may know, our Patreon supporters, which Tiger Crane, or <laughs> sorry, Arcadia. I'm getting used to this. Getting used to this. 
Arcadia has been graciously supporting us. One of our Patreon tiers, the $10 tier, uh, is if you support us for at least 10 or four, four weeks, I believe that's the case. If not, check our Patreon. You'll see all the details there. But if you support us for at least four weeks, you're invited onto the show and you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. So we have a really amazing feature discussion today, a topic that we think is going to be super awesome and it was inspired by Arcadia here. All right, so the topic for the show today is let's talk about death. Yeah. So as you guys must know, playing Kingdom Hearts, uh, there's different ways that death is approached in the series. You know, some, you know, more subtle, some more literal. And we want to talk about that today. So, Arcadia, Mm -hmm. how do you feel Kingdom Hearts handles the subject of death? It depends on which death you're talking about, because Kingdom Hearts is, you know, it's very much a fairy tale, and it's very much Disney, and so there's certain mm-hmm. given circumstances. Like, the bad guys are going to get defeated and die. That's mm-hmm. happened plenty of times. You know, we've wiped out Organization Thirteen, But, you know, there's also, you know, the hero death, I think, which is much more controversial where the meat of this conversation actually is. You know, deaths like Shion's death. And Roxas's death. And, you know, in that game that we don't talk about because it's not out in the West yet. The, the, the approaching demise of many, many other characters. Exactly. So, I mean, like, Shion's a really good example of... I feel like death is handled pretty straightforwardly. Yes, it, for once, actually. Yeah, I mean, and it, it ended up being one of the most emotional poignant moments of the series and you're definitely one of those that is kind of universally agreed as one of the biggest emotional gut punches a video games ever had because you know the entire the entire process was of days was Shion and Roxas essentially growing up together yes that was that was so, essentially it. and I think I think the fact that you do you know because you know birth or three five eight over two days is you know in its structure you're spending each and every day with these people well, not every day because sometimes they do time skips but effectively you're spending each day with these characters and and especially Xion. and the fact that you actually spend your daily routine with this character and you have to go on this journey with her and then you finally lose her at the end i think that does add an extra emotional gut punch as you well, so absolutely wonderfully put it but you know you also considering the awkward kind of bridging place where day sits in comparison to like chain of memories and kingdom hearts 2 mm-hmm. you kind of have to also explain why Xion is not there anymore in kingdom hearts 2 exactly. why she is not mentioned by name and i feel that's like emotionally it's a very well done death but I feel like mm-hmm. script-wise, the whole, well, everyone just magically forgets Shion and she just kind of poofs her way out of the plot is... Good old chain of memories. Uh-huh. <laughs> adding adding mm-hmm. the best the best plot device ever that solves all retcons. Memories. memories. <laughs> They're all tied together and you can just forget whatever you want. Yep. You know, and that's also like a basic story beat. We're still waiting to come about as Sora like actually vocalizing that he remembers Castle Oblivion now. But Yes. Um 
been waiting on that for a few games and they've been hinting on it very strongly for a few games a it's decade like, or oh, so come on. just like exactly. have them say it please just put that to rest but going back to the original subject um <clears throat> i feel like Xion was a really good death because it was played very straightforward we're not using a metaphor it's not getting wrapped up or couched in strange terminology you know it, it's death she dies and mm-hmm. i think by being honest or fades away she fades away she turns into ice and disappears you know so i think playing it very straightforward like that is what allowed it to be so emotional exactly and i think like now we have a lot of people that die in this series a, a lot absolutely many people now, die s- Speaking of the many people that do, quote-unquote, die in Kingdom Hearts, how do you feel about Kingdom Hearts with its relation to the permanence of death? Because that's hmm. that, to me, is, of all the sticking points, and this isn't something that's unique to Kingdom Hearts. There's no. a lot of, you know, fiction, fictional stories that have uh, some issues with this subject. Comic books. But how do you feel? Yeah, comic books a lot. Uh, how do you feel Kingdom Hearts handles the permanence of death? And do you think death, well, uh, let's, let's not beat around the bush. Losing your heart or fading away or, or any of these weird metaphors for death, uh, that they use because this is a kid's game. Uh, do you think the effectiveness, the impact of death and the fact that it may not necessarily always be permanent, do you think that it's cheap, that it cheapens these you know, emotional gut punch moments like Xion dying. Do you think the the lack of permanence maybe cheapens it? And do you think that this is is this okay? Does this you know is this something we should just get over and like yeah you know it, it's good for the story you know just get over it? How do you feel about the permanence of death in Kingdom Hearts? I feel that if Kingdom Hearts was trying to be anything but a very convoluted fairy tale, yeah, I'd have a mm-hmm. lot of problems with it. But at its core. At the very bare bones of this series, Kingdom Hearts is a fairy tale. It's a Disney fairy tale. And mm-hmm. in fairy tales, you know, there are certain conventions that you can, can't escape. The bad guys lose. The good guys win. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the good guys and the heroes who sacrifice themselves, either we get confirmation that they you know, are in a better place and they're happy or they get to come back. Yes, I mean, exactly. that's that's just how Disney works. And I think if Kingdom Hearts tried to play it closer to, like, a more grimdark, maybe Game of Thrones-level kind of death, it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. It would completely change the tone and the way the series works. So I think it's okay considering the kind of genre Kingdom Hearts is. Mm-hmm. And you know it's a fanta- it's fantastical. It's a fairy tale. It's Disney magic. So I'm yes. not as bothered by it. I just wish sometimes that they just play it more straight. Like they didn't try to couch it in so many metaphors and different terminology. Because you know I I think the whole well it's for kids so we can't talk about death is a really terrible and lazy excuse. Because yeah. kids can understand. Sesame, Sesame Street addressed death mm-hmm. when Mr. Hooper died. <laughs> like, you know, death happens. I think if Sesame Street can happen. And, and eventually, you know, kids understand death. They can be, it can be explained yeah. to them in a way that they understand. So this whole, 
And Disney handles cold, cut, and dry death. You know, you have Lion King, Mufasa, oh, yeah. straight up, he dies, period, the end. He, he he reappears in the clouds, but he's very clearly dead. Yeah, he's, he's and, not coming back. But, you know, parents exactly. are kind of like that weird exception to the fairy tale rule, apparently, in Disney. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay if they die. Parents die because, well, they enable Everybody's the adventure. Everybody's an orphan, you know? They enable the adventure. Exactly. Because you know, it's hard to have, like, this big world trying adventure when you've got your mom going dinner was chores, on the plate though. three hours I'm ago sorry mom i'll i'll do i'll do the dishes when i get back from saving the universe sora's mom sorry. appears in the final battle and just grabs his ear and pulls him off screams <laughs> like dinner's been waiting for you for two years and you're gonna eat it as is right now and i don't want to hear a complaint about food poisoning Exactly. This is your fault, young man. Yes. So I think that's I think that's a good point that, you know, Kingdom Hearts at its core, especially the first one we were mm-hmm. talking about before the show, especially the first one is at its core a uh, a sort of an imagining of a Disney fairy tale. It's, you know, it, it leans into that a lot, but I think it I think what might help it a little bit because we do reach these instances where, you know, it's a little bit clunky when they have to just bring back a character. Uh, I think it should probably lean into it a little bit more intentionally and maybe not be so hidden about it. And, you know, maybe they could like, I don't know, this maybe is kind of cheesy, but like directly address the fact that, you know, we're destined to be on these journeys, these sorts of things. This is just the sort of thing we do. Uh, I believe in like, so for for example, like Dragon Ball, uh, Goku is his reason for fighting is he just likes fighting. Yeah. Like, they make it real straightforward. He, I mean, he does save the world, in effect, but at the end of the day, his goal in life is he just wants to become really strong and save the day because he likes fighting. He's a dumb guy, so you don't have to explain anything. He's going to fight the big bad because he just likes fighting. So if, you know, there's something written into the universe of Kingdom Hearts that says that you know this comes in cycles you're going to have these adventures and you know good and evil will always be in turmoil because that's how the universe is balanced and you know you know the universe the universe will break its own rules if it has to to make this keep going like you know you could just like lean into it so literally and i don't know some some ideas like that because i think a lot of times, you know, you reach these points where, hey, Riku, uh, at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, he's locked away forever. Forever, period, the end. He's locked away forever in the realm of darkness. Uh, oops, no, he's in Castle Oblivion right now. Uh, why? Uh, I don't know, he was drawn there? What, what does that mean? He know. used Google Maps. <laughs> he used Google Maps, you know, he, he, he took an Uber. He gets intersection in the realm of darkness. Come on. Exactly. Like... I mean, they're going to have to really address that when, you know, Aqua has her turn in uh, 0.2, but I don't know. I think it would be nice to sort of address the fact that, yes, this is a fairy tale. Yes, we're going to have these weird plot contrivances just to make the thing run because, yes, we've been going on for so long and we'd have we've had the same canon for so long and we're not we're so married to the idea of this story going on forever and it's continuously serialized that, you know, we can't change anything. So, I don't know. I think something like that might help them a little bit. 
And make a pop point. Make a side game. There you go. That's money. There's money on the table, Square. <laughs> you can make that a side game. Or you can make it a sequel or something. Hey, give them more time for Kingdom Hearts 3, right? Exactly. Or yeah. Kingdom Hearts 4 afterwards. Yeah. This yeah guy, they got to put something know, in between. That's, that's an interesting thought is are we going to leap directly from Kingdom Hearts 3 to Kingdom Hearts 4 to set up the next saga or is there going to be like a... That is a scary question a, that a, I don't want to look directly into. Saga, an in-betweener game or two to kind of <sighs> establish the new rules because I, I don't know, I would like to see at the end something very drastically change about the Kingdom Hearts universe. I feel yes. like... You know, I think you, the good news... You can't come back the good to news the beginning again without something being different. Exactly. I think the good news is, speaking completely practically, mm-hmm. is that the Osaka team right now, this is all they do. They just do, well, specifically the Kingdom Hearts team that is at Osaka. The Osaka team just does Kingdom Hearts now. So that's the good news. You know, we're not dealing with a situation where it's been a decade and we haven't had Kingdom Hearts 3 yet. And that was because the Kingdom Hearts 2 team went on to make verses and other teams worked on kingdom hearts no now we have a dedicated team they're going to focus on their third pillar game of their you know original ips their their other flagship franchise their other flagship franchise we've got one team dedicated to it so that is that is hopeful that you know it probably won't take another decade before we see another Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah, and, you know, there's other things, like other mitigating circumstances at Square Enix, like between 2006 and 2012, you know, Crystal Tools engine and that fiasco. Yes, oh boy. Uh, uh, Which, you know what, I I feel like that's something that needs to be, like, a video that just needs to be put out there just explaining, no, Nomura did not go on vacation for six years. There was stuff yeah. that was happening behind the scenes that caused the delay of 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3 for so long. Yeah. I'm hopeful for the future, though. I think I, I think it's, it's took them a long time to finally turn the ship. But I think, you know, the fact that Square is open enough to start doing outsourcing, to start uh, licensing... Uh, third-party engines for their big games. I think that's a good sign for the future. Yeah, like, I wasn't upset by um, the announcement that they were going with the Unreal 4 engine. I mean... Unreal 4 is awesome! It's, it's they so just released, easy! They just released the sizzle reel for Unreal 4. Yep. And, like, there's it's beautiful. so many gorgeous games on it. And, you know, when people complain about the models, and I've been very vocally um, critical of them, too, but, you know give osaka that's a team. solvable problem yeah that's a solvable problem and it's not a they did it they've done it good before they've done it good before <laughs> they can do it good again and you know so, like just I, b- I believe just from what we've seen like the very earliest trailers with sora to what we got out of jump fiesta there's been a noticeable jump in quality in sora's figure yeah and you know yeah. and also and on top give, of that there's so much time yep. there's so much time until it releases and, and give you know give Osaka team at least a little bit of leeway because they've spent the last decade making handheld console games and now they are mm-hmm. taking this gigantic leap to the PS4. Exactly. That's a monumental jump and they're now working with engines and graphics and a production quality that they have never had to work with before. I mean, Dream Drop Distance was kind of slapped together in two years. Yeah, that's surprising. And now they're going from that to that. A triple A game. Now on we're this making a triple A game, and it's the first game we've made in a long time where we can't reuse any of the old assets. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, uh. and a lot of 
that that was a lot of like the i'm sure in like budget meetings that that was probably a big bargaining chip whenever they wanted to get a new kingdom hearts game it's like look we're gonna make a kingdom hearts game it's gonna be console quality on the psp but whoa, 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 wait 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 i know it sounds expensive but look we have so many models already made it'll be so cheap don't worry about it and now it's like uh we gotta remake everything though Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's kind of yeah. like Final Fantasy Fifteen. Square is putting a lot of hopes and dreams on Fifteen and Kingdom Hearts Three to be mm-hmm. incredibly successful. Yes, be- if they fail, everything fails. Yeah, if if those two fail, then they are in a lot of problems. Yes, you know, Nomura is going so. to like pull a, a Hideki Kamiya and just going to leave and make his own studio. Peace hey. out. Got Peace. my own no more no more productions. Zipper Studios, hey. <laughs> Zipper Studios, exactly. So I think that's a good wrap. I know that's not. <laughs> it didn't necessarily end on death, but it could. <laughs> the death could of the franchise. The death of the. Oh, great. The death of the characters. Mm. So, all right. So I think that pretty much wraps up our segment. Thank you so much, Arcadia, for joining us. Thank you so much for your support. No and problem. If you guys. If you guys want to support us too, please check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. We would really appreciate your support. And now to our second segment, our question segment. If you guys want to send your questions to us, send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. We want to hear what you guys want to talk about. We want to talk about what you guys want to hear. What? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, basically, basically, this is a two-way street. You uh-huh. scratch my back, I scratch your back. I see we're, just, we're scratching all the time because everybody's itchy. That's at the end of the day. That's, itchy that's, and scratchy. That's what I'm talking about. The itchy and scratchy show. This first question comes from Giovanna, Giovanni Rivera. And Giovanni asks, how do you think Lee is going to handle the Keyblade? And uh, I think he's referring to specifically mechanically because. Damn it. I was going to say with his hands. <laughs> because <laughs> before he was using chakrams so you think so how do you think he's going to transition into a new fighting style um i think he still would try to use it i think the moment like because you can strike raid so i'm pretty sure he would just use that most of mm-hmm. the time because that's what he's used to because mm-hmm. he's more he's more like mid-range right since yeah he's he like, stands like close from afar to and like attacks you like no tomorrow and then he'll come yeah. attack you when he really needs to. I think he'll be fine. I just think he would just strike rate a lot more than yeah. I use Sora for. Because I use strike rate <laughs> like too much sometimes because it's super easy. Yeah, exactly. I think he'll be like too like used to his chakrams. Like he'll probably just try to use it like a chakram. Like I can imagine him training and using it like a chakram most of the time. And he's like, oh wait, I got a blade at the end of this thing. Imagine if they're like training him though. It'd be funny. Yeah, I mean that that is going to be a part of it at, at some point. You got. I mean, imagine. can you imagine? I was sort of a, thinking, a keyblade in one hand and a chalk and his other chakram in the other, dual wielding. <laughs> no, be, Axel, you th- can't do that today. <laughs> That's a no. possibility. No, you're too OP. You can't do that. So I was thinking maybe he could like, as far as like his stance, maybe he could be more like Ventus, where he sort of like wields it backwards and he sort of does a backhand swing. Because that, that to hmm. me feels more like a chakram type action is do it more backhand like Ventus does. But, I'm uh, trying to remember how, yeah. he, how he held held that wooden keyblade in Birth by Sleep. Was he uh, like normally or was he? I think he was holding it normally. It, also, at the when he displayed his keyblade 
in uh, Dream Drop Distance, he just sort of held it out in front of him. So it wasn't really indicative of how he would fight with it and well, how he well, would he was just, use it. Because he it's was like, just saying this? stuff like, oh, I couldn't get to materialize and then boom, it just popped in his hand. So like he was just yeah, like exactly. saying, it was because he was supposed to try to get it to appear. Like you could see it in that cutscene with, you know, with uh, Xehanort. Like he, you could yep. see him a couple times trying to summon it, but he's like, like he's kind of like, what? It's not coming, you know? So it's like he still hasn't got an idea of how he's supposed to call it, you know, to him. So I think, however it goes, how is he going to use it? Pretty badly. (laughs) Because he doesn't really, he doesn't have a grasp on it yet. So we'll have to see. I'm I'm assuming that there's probably going to be like a training phase where Kyrie and Axel are going to team up. And they're just going to be like newbie keyblade. It it, it better be like a montage with like a 80s rock music. It better be just funny. Oh yeah. I hope people just do things wrong. I just See, I'm awful. I just want to see people fail. Well, <laughs> fail I mean, at first, but then like succeed. That's right that's after. one. That's another way to learn is to fail. So, yeah. so yeah, I think either way, it's probably going to be bad at first. But uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll try to like parlay some of his skills with the uh, with the chakrams, and you know, try to you know, try to somehow work it into how he fights with a keyblade. So, I mean, since it's basically shaped like a you know. It's shaped like a chakram to some extent as well. All right, so Savvy, take this next one. Okay, this is from Bloom4815. The running joke amongst KH fans these days seem to be the idea that characters like Hainer, Pence, and Olette will have to get Keyblades to stay relevant. But in all seriousness, if they are going to join the fray when it comes to fighting, what kind of weapon could you see each of them using? Umbrellas. Because Rox is really on umbrella. That'd be a pretty good one. And that would be a pretty funny. There's their weapons or jokes. I mean, maybe to be gi- honest, giant banana peel. Banana peel. No, but like, can you imagine like the three of them having struggle bats, and all of a sudden, boom, they all transform to like a keyblade struggle bat. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You know, and then when they like, hit, a, hit with... an enemy, all these struggle balls just fly, flying out everywhere, and they're just like, guys, stop, stop! Like we can't help it. I feel like they would just take like from Kingdom Hearts One, like Selfie, Titus, and Waka's like weapons, because like. Yeah, that's or like the only could, things were not like brought back. They could use the dream weapons, the dream sword and dream shield. Watch them be like dream with them staff. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Well, they have maybe they have like a triple team attack together. Trinity yeah. limit. <laughs> but honestly, if you know, if we're talking about Hayner, Pence, and Alette trying to stay relevant, I think they already had that problem within Kingdom Hearts Two. They were already struggling to stay relevant throughout that game. So it's like, I don't think Nomura is going to pay them too much mind when he considers further games. Do you honestly see them being important in future games? Like, they were barely important in Kingdom Hearts 2, as it stands. Yo, I mean, it'll be be nice. Like, don't think I'll see him using this. Like, a nice reunion scene with Roxas. Yeah, like, that's probably at best. And, like, when you consider Kingdom Hearts 3's cast and what it will most likely, you know, include, there's already so many people in the main cast that I don't think it's worth, like, spending too much time on these tertiary characters. Like, you got 13 lights and dark, you know, 7 lights and 13 darknesses and... And, like, 3 neutrals. (laughs) 3 neutrals and, like... (laughs) Do we need to talk? Do we need to see how Hayner, Pence, and Olette are handling going to the beach? 
Like, who cares? Mm, Where are my friends? Going to the beach like normal people. Like, you can, Roxas, you can go see them, you know, in your, your part of the ending. You know, you can go and reunite with them and reunite with Axel and Shion. And you could all be a six group and get all mix mix your friends together and head to the beach have a happy happy happily ever after go to the beach have fun eat watermelon eat pretzels all that stuff but like i don't think we need to s- devote that much time to hainer pence and Olette, uh ever again but pence is so <laughs> great okay god pence i just pence thought of the, the worst like a nerd He's... yo if i had a pet i'm gonna name it pence and then when they ask what's wrong with my dog i'll just say he's pensive <laughs> oh man, oh, God. he's <laughs> he's stuck on the dog street. He doesn't know where to go because uh, 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 he's got the dog street shirt. Uh, that's the joke. <laughs> anyway, but yes, moving moving along to something a little bit more timely. Churro, take this next one. This one's from Rodney Boatwright. And he writes, if the September 30th release date rumor for Final Fantasy XV is true, what would Cage 2.8 release range need to be so it doesn't compete with it? So I think a good rule of thumb, well, for one, I think our original guesses that we had on like two episodes ago, I think they still work for the most part. It definitely can't come out in September, that's for sure. But our guesses for for December, I think those still work just fine. And... I think the best rule of thumb is if you have two games coming out and they're both uh, targeting similar audiences, you want to make sure that they're in different quarters of the year. So you can't have, you know, Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy 15 come out like one month after the other. Like you can't have September and October. That would be too close. But if you have at least like two to three months of a gap, I think that's enough. I don't even. I don't think one month is even enough. I think you need at least two months, and I think placing Kingdom Hearts 2.8 perfectly in December is just the right amount of time to space between uh, Final Fantasy 15 and uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8. You know, assuming that it comes out on the 30th. What do you guys think? Do you guys think you know that's enough time? How much time do you think these games need to be separated so that they're not? you know stealing each other's sales between two to four months i mean i yeah, think no, final fantasy 15 is still it could be if august september release mm-hmm. so like, i bet well, then but then yeah i mean it's a worldwide release too so it's like every, all the regions are getting are getting it mm-hmm. on almost the same time you know so it's you know you don't have to worry about you know japan getting it then north america yeah then Europe, exactly so at it, least you know everything is streamlined at least with the 2.8 then you got like maybe 2.8 coming out in november october november for you know japan and then december north america and then three days yeah, later that's a possibility Europe. i think it's like well knowing from like a retail stance it's like it depends on how well the game's received. Yes. That it will continue on for a very long time. So like like I would like obviously like the most obvious one I can just like give an example for is like Call of Duty came out in November. Yep. A lot of people still buying it now. Um Division just exactly. came out, but like it's still like a lot of people are asking for it. Far Cry came uh, like a week before, 2 weeks before that. 
and mm-hmm. it like stopped in about a month ish like of people asking like for it very commonly yeah um, so and it just depends about, on like how quickly it would be so here here's a similar uh, i think a similar game what about witcher 3 how did that do how, how long did it like keep selling you know very frequently witcher witcher was like super popular when it came out and i think it would last yeah. it for about maybe like um a month and a half like christmas really pushed it to get yeah. more it came yeah it came back yeah i think it came out in like may last year something yeah. like that and then now like people still look for it like people will ask about witcher um yeah like, but it's not like it, it's not yeah, like it's not yeah. like crazy it's not like call of duty sales no. like no. it doesn't keep going like that so yeah so yeah i would say a month and a half is probably realistic for a single player rpg for those other games that you know tend to go on for longer i would say they're more likely like multiplayer games so people you know games that people are constantly playing together so there's constantly a reason to be playing it whereas with a story-based single player game you know it's kind of like a movie you you see it when it comes out and then you can be a part of the discussion where everyone's talking about that movie and then once people have said all they wanted to say about that movie people don't really go out to buy it unless they're like lagging behind like and and want to get it later on at a sale or something but yeah i would say uh you know one one a month and a half makes sense the only thing that would make it a little bit slightly different with final fantasy 15 if it comes out in september so you gotta imagine so let's say your month and a half starts at september so you could basically write off uh october entirely and then half of november right there and then on top of that you also have uh black friday and and you know holiday sales starting in november so i say you could pretty much write off september october and november for kingdom hearts 2.8 that is just not gonna happen but I think they would probably want to make it so that it would still come out this year. So it could be under someone's Christmas tree. So I mean, it worked for 2.5. Th- exactly. That's why I'm sticking with uh, my December guess. And I think we actually said that was the reason why we thought December was going to be it. Because we, we figured September was going to be when uh, Final Fantasy fifteen was going to come out. So, yeah, I think uh, everything is going according to plans. <laughs> we we look into our crystal balls. We know we know Square and their release dates. Kingdom Hearts three comes out. I, I don't need uh, no December ball. December something twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. <laughs> well, we only got uh, you heard it here first. We only got eleven more days. Yep, 11 more days, and then, well, 11 more days from our recording time to find out when Final Fantasy 15 comes out. But I think it's pretty, pretty much that. And honestly, it makes sense that Final Fantasy 15 would come out then because that gives them six months of full on marketing time that they don't have to hold back anything. They can talk about the game as much as they want. Uh, if they release it September 30th, that means that they get to go to E3, Gamescom, uh, Comic-Con, PAX, and Tokyo Game Show. That's five major sh- trade shows right there. So all th- there's so many reasons why it would come out September 30th. So I'm just going to go and believe it and just say it's true because that's basically what we were guessing anyway. So 
Anyway, so I think that pretty much wraps up our question segment. Uh, as for our music segment, we have a great piano duet, which is uh, titled Duet of Keyblade Masters. It's a duet uh, where they perform Darkness of the Unknown, which is the uh, final battle theme of uh, Kingdom Hearts 2. So please enjoy that. Uh, and this is a, uh, you can find it on YouTube. This is featuring uh, Keisuke. K-S-U-K-E-8. You can find that on YouTube. All right, and our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 5th of April. Uh, And the next Kingdom Hearts Union deep dive stream, as we said earlier, is going to be this Saturday, March 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern. And you can find us at twitch.tv slash khunion. Please slap that follow button so you can know when we go live and you never know. Maybe we'll go live uh, randomly one day. Ooh. Ooh. I'm, I'm saying it so it happens one day. Because <laughs> as of right now, I don't know. I Honestly, right now what I'm thinking is at some point we might have to do like a we need to rush to finish this game stream and just like stream nonstop solidly to wrap up the rest of the game at some point. Just so we can like pick up the pace because kingdom hearts one has taken a long time like we started well, in january can you imagine how long kingdom hearts 2 and birth by sleep is uh, gonna be exactly that's why i'm thinking we might have to do a uh we need to finish this right now stream at some point right. we'll see uh and uh just as a reminder you guys can subscribe to us uh to final fantasy and kingdom hearts union on the itunes store just search for kingdom hearts and we're number one yay And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com slash KHUnionVids, or Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. And remember, as always, you guys can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. If you guys want to be on the show, if you guys want to be a part of the show, if you want to help us get better, Patreon is the way to do it. It'll make all your dreams come true. I was thinking, I was thinking like uh, when you wish upon a star, but that's what came out. So let's just go with that. And of course, you can catch. Uh, oh, I said that part. Send us your, <laughs> send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail so we can talk about what you guys want to talk about. All right, it's goodbye time. Already? Everybody, say your goodbyes. I know. No. No, it feels all ready for you because we. <laughs> you're breaking movie magic. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> You're breaking movie magic. It feels short for you because we just recorded the se- the second segment, and I recorded the first segment earlier. I broke the movie magic because you just, you just broke revealed it. it. Thank I you for breaking the fourth wall. Hey, dude, do, do, say say goodbye time again, and we'll do it. Oh man, goodbye time. Say it again. Oh, bye. bye guys. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for your support on Patreon. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.